Shalom, it's Carrie Miller. And Barra Lane, your National Young Leadership Cabinet 2021-2022 Impact Chairs. And welcome to the Hebrew Connect Podcast. We are thrilled to bring you an opportunity to get to know our Hevra, who we are and why we give. Hope you enjoy. The rising tides raise all ships, that we all do better together. And that level of trust in the Kansas City Jewish community is pretty powerful. In today's episode of Hevray Connect, we wanted to highlight a small but mighty Jewish community that you may not be as familiar with. I have the honor and privilege of interviewing Joe Loeffler. Uh, Joe is from Kansas City, born and raised with time on the East Coast and in Europe. He's active in the energy, real estate, and fintech communities, and he is passionate about transformation and growth among people with shared goals, values, nutrition, and movement. So I'm so excited to interview Joe. Joe is a, a fifth year, as I mentioned, from Kansas City. So Joe, I think a great starting point would be just to learn a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, it's great to be here. I appreciate this opportunity. I uh, grew up in Kansas City and had the privilege of being both in the Jewish community and in a lot of the charitable communities in Kansas City. And uh, felt a great deal of feel a great deal of pride for for all that Kansas City has built. I've gotten the chance to serve on Federation leadership and with the Orthodox Union and with a few other Jewish organizations that I I really enjoy. And um, I really enjoyed kind of blending the worlds of business and community and personal growth all together. Great. And can you just share a little bit more about um, maybe where you went to school, you know, where, where you lived and what it is that you're doing today? Sure. Yeah. So I went to Jewish day school in Kansas City. And when I I uh, graduated. I went on to school kind of near you in Westminster, Maryland, a small school called McDaniel College. Uh, while I was there, uh, there weren't a lot of Jewish people on campus, but we all kind of came together for Shabbat dinners and different programming. So while I was there, I sophomore year, I hadn't signed up for the classes I needed to sign up for. I talked to my roommate afterward. What am I going to do? He said, you want to come to uh, Budapest? I said, awesome. So I went and joined him in Budapest uh, for a semester. Uh, There was a satellite campus there and got to really get exposed to Central European Jewry, kind of seeing the very authentic practice that Hungarian Jews have that's distinct from a lot of what Midwestern Jews experience. Still delicious food, but little practices that were a little bit different. After that, I didn't really want to leave Europe, so I went on to Belgium, which is a very Western European experience. Uh, people are more Westernized. While I was there, I got to work for a law firm to learn about transactions uh, between large bodies that might be considered competitive, and uh, also got to get involved with Chabad there and really saw the power of the European Union and the influence that Chabad has uh, broadly on helping out Belgian Jews and Jews generally in Europe. 
after that, I, I came back to the U.S. and joined my dad in business. He works in insurance. And he very kindly, after a couple of years, kind of let me off the hook. And I focused more on real estate and energy with multifamily medical office buildings as the primary uh, real estate elements. And then with energy, focusing on consulting for manufacturers and electric power trading across North America. Very interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit deeper, but what was it that maybe brought you to cabinet? You know, you mentioned your experience in Europe, um, maybe the Jewish community that you connected with there. Obviously, you're now a fifth year in cabinet. How, how did you get exposed and end up deciding to join? I had always heard about cabinet growing up. My dad uh, had had an incredible experience. He had uh, been recently divorced when he decided to joint cabinet and he found peers that he could connect to in a bunch of different ways, personally, socially, business-wise, shared values. So we talked about it growing up and I remember his friend who I'm very close with his son taking me out and told me you're joining. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, like I know that this man has love in his heart and he only wants the best. So I signed up not knowing a soul and showing up at the first event was kind of like the first day of uh, camp. Like, I don't know what I'm getting into, but this is kind of cool. And very quickly was really stunned by the, the love and shared values and just how giving people were in the cabinet community. So you're obviously a fifth year. So this this predates COVID for many people in, in cabinet. That hasn't been the case. Maybe you can just share some of the experiences that you've had in cabinet, opportunities in terms of traveling or anything that has impacted your life for the better. Well, I remember my first retreat, I had a, uh, a great uh, friend and mentor, Mark Wolf, who um, had strongly encouraged me to go on study mission. And I didn't have that much going on. So I said, great, let's do it. And the first study mission was to, we started in Morocco, in Marrakesh for pre-mission, and then went on to Casablanca, and then had a couple of stops in Spain. And when I went, I didn't have a full appreciation for Israel and overseas, but going and seeing the Jewish community in Morocco and how JDC supports its survival, its continuity, like my view, my family's view is that we didn't necessarily have to get on a ship from Europe to come to America. And we could have easily been in that same way, but to really witness that it's pretty powerful to see those families and in Spain to see what they've built. The the school there, the World Art School, blew me away that the students weren't just learning English, but they were learning Hebrew and they were studying Talmud and they were doing robotics. <laughs> it was really uh, I was I was blown away. Can you maybe share a little bit about some of the things that you're doing in the Jewish community today? Maybe it's connected to cabinet. It could also be in the Federation, outside of the Federation? Yeah, uh, locally, I serve on Kansas City Federation Board, as well as the Allocations Committee. And I have served there 
for four years now. I'm blown away by the generosity of the, the families that make up the Kansas City Jewish community. And I know there's a deep yearning to observe continuity of seeing continued engagement by the next generation that is there in some ways, but I reasonably <laughs> know that there's a, a yearning to pass this on, this great thing that they've built. So with JFNA, they've started a data initiative to be able to take quantitative strategies and apply them to Federation. And I've had the pleasure of having high-level conversations with them, and I'm excited to continue that. You know, on on this part of Hevery Connect, we wanted to focus on kind of smaller markets. You know, Kansas City, I think one of the first things you asked me, Joe, was, have I been there? And I'm in Baltimore, so I'm not one to judge. Uh, But I have not been to Kansas City. I hear great barbecue and, you know, we'll see what happens with the the football team. Everyone knows the Chiefs and your buddy Mahomes. Uh, But maybe you could just share a little bit more about, you know, the Kansas City community, both Jewish and just in general, you know, how how you're engaged. What brought you back there? So Kansas City is a relatively small community, around 20,000 Jewish people that have been there for a long time. And the, the story of Kansas City that I hang on to is there was a city about an hour away called St. Joseph, Missouri. And that 150 years ago was about five times the size of Kansas City. But there was this thing called the railroad coming and the people in St. Joe were kind of skeptical about do we really want to have this railroad coming through town? We're this big, powerful place. So the railroad came down to Kansas City and said, well, do you guys want to take it instead? Uh, we'll build you a bridge so we can get our train over. And little old Kansas City said, yeah, absolutely. This would be a great opportunity for commerce, for kind of making ourselves larger. And over time, decade over decade, the Jewish community that was predominantly in St. Joseph, Missouri, moved down to Kansas City, and now people that aren't from the region often have never heard of it. And that's that's kind of the birth of Kansas City as a as a community. So we have some a couple of large employers, but not many. Um, we're usually a, a satellite location for offices where they'll they'll set up a location outside of New York to get cheaper wages cheaper cost of doing business. But I guess, so the Jewish community in the 50s, I don't know how far back you want to go, um, was really well known for their stockyards for processing meat. And this, we we produced a ton of kosher meat. There was numerous minyanim across uh, this area. But then there was a big flood that came in and it knocked out, I think it was like a half million head of cattle and basically decimated the community. So a little bit before then, there's a a cool story. Uh, Harry Truman had a relationship with a man, and I'm blanking on his name, uh, but they had a haberdashery together. They had a store. And uh, Truman wasn't necessarily going to be in favor of the Jewish state. Eddie Jacobson is the guy's name, now that I'm remembering it. And Mr. Jacobson was disheartened to hear that his friend wasn't going to support the Jewish state. So he went and asked his friend, can you please support this place? That's really important for the continuity of the Jewish people. 
And some people think that 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 conversation really helped encourage the U.S.'s support in Israel, which was really critical in its formation. Most people that are listening to this podcast probably are in big cities, you know, New York, L.A., Miami. Why do you continue? You know, you've been all over the world. Um, Why do you continue to choose to live and make a difference and be in Kansas City? Intuitively, my heart's there. It's just, (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Um, I see a a lot of opportunity in Kansas City where the people are genuinely community-minded. They want to see other people in the community grow because they know that we all, rising ships, the rising tides raise all ships, that we all do better together. And that level of trust in the Kansas City Jewish community is pretty powerful, where if you go in with a certain level of trust and a certain a person introduces you, and this is a person that, that I think we should help and grow, those people flourish. Like, it's like sprinkling fertilizer on them. Strategically for Kansas City, really hardworking people that don't ask too much for what they do. They just really enjoy putting things together. You know, you mentioned at the beginning that you're involved both in the Jewish and non-Jewish world. Can you share a little bit about what you do in the non-Jewish world and why giving Jewishly is so important to you? So my activity in the non-Jewish world sits right now is really focused on education and addiction. Um, Education focused on under 18, where I strongly believe that whether it's Jewish day schools Catholic schools or just opportunities for disadvantaged people who are asked to go to schools that aren't even accredited. I want to see those children have the opportunity to grow. And then inside the addiction community, I I find it so interesting how anybody can fall off the path so quickly and to kind of lend a helping hand (laughs) to bring them back on that path because we're all in this together in terms of advocating for uh, school choice. Uh, I'm active loosely with Orthodox union, um, not specifically with their school strategy, but definitely making introductions for them uh, because they're doing a great job of trying to <clears throat> help Jewish day schools that are struggling financially pretty much across the board, try and adapt their model to accept funding from the state, which I know is a a sensitive topic in the Jewish world, and I respect those concerns. I just want to figure out a way for Jewish education to continue. And then inside the addiction community, there's a group out of Wichita that I really like called the Phoenix, where they take workout programs. And they say, um, you have to be 48 hours sober from whatever your dependency is. And, um, and then we're just going to work out together and the rate of people not going back to their addiction is, is fantastic. My, my grandfather was an alcoholic. Um, AA was incredible for him. And so it's just really cool to, to see that transformation happen. We have a wide variety of listeners, everyone from current Hevre to alumni to people who are considering cabinet to people who may have never heard of cabinet. Um, can you just share, you know, for somebody who's thinking about cabinet or if we're talking about it, 
why why someone should join cabinet and kind of some of the things that you've taken out of your experience yeah i think the cabinet probably attracts a certain kind of person that is looking to grow somebody who feels like they can do more but they're not quite sure how to do more and for me what's really powerful is to be inspired by the work of other people in the community, other February, who are doing things every day and being able to talk to them about, wow, and that's how you did it? Oh, cool. Let me let me dive into that. So maybe I can learn from your experience and not necessarily do better, but avoid the pitfalls that you learned. We often send out the uh, podcast on Shabbat. Are there any special Shabbat or other holiday or family rituals that you you spend with your family? Mm, I love Shabbat. Shabbat's my favorite holiday. I was talking to my rabbi yesterday, and I said, "What's what's a value that you really hold?" And he said, "I can give a little the bar Torah here, but." There, there, he said there was a quote in the Talmud, what's the most important verse of the Torah? And some rabbis said, Shema. Some rabbis said the Ten Commandments. But the consensus was an obscure thing, an animal in the morning and an animal in the evening, referring to the sacrifice. So the tribes would often try to give these really elaborate gifts to really feel the, the the joy of giving a gift in public, right? But what the, the Talmud was saying is that consistency, consistently doing something over and over again. So for me, a Shabbos table with as many people as I can fit at it as possible with a lot of food, right? And then... I like to go to yoga before shul. And at my synagogue, we I read breath work before we start because my rabbi is amazing. And then um, and then just hearing the Torah, having a shlaf makes me feel really good. Before we wrap up the interview, once again, you know, this is an opportunity for Hevery to learn a little bit more about you. This specific episode, you know, highlighted um, you know, we're focusing on highlighting some smaller communities that people might not know as much about. You know, are there any messages or things that you wish to leave with the people that are listening? I'd really be curious for anybody that would want to connect. Uh, what is that highest value that you, and maybe this is a chance for me to push on you. You've been asking me so many good questions and I'm just taking all that. What's, what's, a, what's a genuine value that you hold in a Value isn't something that you are in a room with people who agree with you and you say it and they all cheer. It's there's a train coming at you. And if you get out of the way, your value gets offended. Right. But it's what you stand up for. So I'm curious to ask you, right. You asked me so many good questions. When, when you listen to your heart, when you dive in there, I ask you like, what do you value? What do you, what do you think? It's a good question. Turn it, turn in the tables on me. I think, <laughs> you know, part of the reason that I wanted to do the podcast, part of the reason that I joined cabinet, part of the reason that I have such a deep passion for the Jewish community is the spark that I find uh, from others and that I get from being around others. So I think being inspired and motivated 
each day, you know, we go through life and we feel, particularly as we get older, that we know a lot and that we've learned a lot. And I find that when I meet somebody who has thought about something a little bit differently or has figured out an opportunity or a way to connect and really make meaningful change in a, in an exponential way, that, that inspires me to want to do more. So I think it's the others that are around me that have inspired and make my life more meaningful. So I think the value is just finding, you know, almost like being able to harness the energy of others to have the, the greatest collective connection. That's That's something that I value. And I find that cabinet, you know, you bring together all these people from different communities, you mentioned that have shared values, but but also bring to the table a unique perspective, point of view, energy, difference that they make in their community and the community at large and being able to tap into that and, and learn from others and then also collaborate with them is what, what has uh, made my experience so so meaningful. That's beautiful. I mean, to find the value and then to find the practice next to it, right? I love it. Well. Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time sharing your story, and I'm I'm looking forward to one of these days coming and checking out Kansas City and trying some of this yeah. barbecue that I've heard so much about. Um, <laughs> and for everyone listening, I hope you were inspired and you know want to connect with Joe and and learn more about your fellow Hevre. So appreciate everyone taking the time, and thanks again, Joe. I appreciate you. Thank you. Shalom. It's Lindsay Glam and Aaron Carabell, and we are the 2021-2022 co-chairs of National Young Leadership Cabinet. We hope you enjoyed getting to know our Hevra. Stay tuned for our next installment of Clever Connect. Through the zooms and the frozen time, leaders step up to change lives. Commit.